G'day community. Just before the podcast starts, while we were editing, news came out that Josh Dunkley, that injury he had on the siren, is a syndesmosis... Syndesmosum... It's, it's an injury of the lower leg, ankle area. He's going to be out for six to eight weeks at least, if not longer. Trade him, trade him, trade him. We don't talk about it in the pod. Trade him. To the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. We're back after a big, big round of AFL footy. A lot to talk about. Thank you to Telebeats for the intro music, first of all. I'm joined by the whole crew, the whole Brains Trust. As many of us as we could cram in are here to talk about what was a huge weekend. Patch, first of all, how are you and how are you feeling after the Bombers obviously didn't get to play on the weekend? I mean, it's look, it's a weird old place to be after Essendon returned their first ever positive test for anything ever at everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's been a, a weird old weekend. It's been strange. As an Essendon fan, it's been strange. As someone who plays multiple formats of fantasy football and watching, you know, all of the best 18 stuff or the, the um, take your, your projected scores or averages, which we'll all obviously unpack. But how are you? I'm, I'm good. But how are you, my good sir, after watching uh, Carlton win in Yo! Geelong? I'm very in happy. In real life. I'm very happy, my friend. Uh, we held on. Very exciting. Geez, we've got some exciting talent. And the most exciting player from the weekend was. Mark Pittenet, and we've got the man who created the Church of Pittenet, Foz Daddy, on board. How are you? I'm fantastic, Luke. Uh, not only did the Hawks get up, but big boy Pitto had a, had another monster game for the Blues. Jeez, he's going to be a talking point. We're going to get to him. We're going to get to a lot of players that we need to discuss. But first, we've got to fly over west. That's where the grand final's going to be held, apparently, Damo. How's things over there? Exciting? Oh, I'm very well. Footy's going to come back. There's going to be crowds. It's going to be amazing. And on the Supercoach front, I top scored in one of my leagues on the weekend and cut my ranking in half. So I'm very, very happy at the moment. Fantastic. Well, let's talk about Supercoach rankings. Obviously, Essendon and Melbourne couldn't compete. They couldn't play a game. Connor McKenna, for the safety of all the players, uh, Connor McKenna tested positive to COVID-19 and they were unable to play the game. Now... I'm going to go pretty hard pretty early here, boys. If you're one of the dickheads on Twitter messaging the boys who run the systems, and not even the ones who run the systems, the boys who just are the faces of the games that we play, you are a dickhead. Stop running your mouth. It's a very hard thing to manage in a circumstance which we probably couldn't have prepared for. Best 18 was applied to Supercoach, I believe, averages were applied to AFL Fantasy and Ultimate Footy applied projected scores. There was no perfect scenario. Obviously, one benefited a certain group of people and another benefited a certain group of people. But the last thing I want people doing is taking it out on the people who write about our game, cover it, allow us to play it. So don't be a dickhead. Pull your, pull your head in, everyone. And let's talk about it now, boys, internally. Best day, top 18 
scores were taken for Super Coach. How did it impact you boys? And what are your thoughts? Damo, you go first. You scored reasonably well on the weekend, it sounds like. Um, did the best 18 come into play for you at all? It was great for me. It, it worked perfectly. Like It did what it needed to do. My lowest score was 75, and believe it or not, that was a Patrick Dangerfield score. So um, it worked perfectly for me. And to the people who are complaining about best 18, just let me, just think about it like this. The points we lost this week are going to get added on to another week later when the game is actually played. So for me, best 18 was the right decision, and most will come out on top if they play it right. Yeah, and obviously, you know, some people weren't able to take advantage, some people were, but later on down the track, it looks like we're going to be getting a BBL-style double round, and everyone's going to trade for uh, for. Melbourne and Essendon players, and if they don't, well, maybe they don't want to put too many eggs in one basket, whatever, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, for the moment, uh, it is what it is, and Foz, we were talking before the podcast, I mean, you can't go blaming people like Tim Mitchell and Al Patton and Pete Jank, who works for the in the back end of all the systems of the games we play, you can't yell at these people for trying to keep the round going after two teams got pulled out with no notice. Yeah, it's um, it's disappointing just to hear all the the backlash over a really tough decision because at the end of the day, nothing uh, is going to suit everyone. Uh, there's going to have to be compromise, and um, if you look at it this way, by going with a either projected or or average scores for the round, when those teams play in a few weeks' time, do the scores count? Obviously not, because the points are already allocated. What happens with price changes? To, obviously, a lot of people brought in Jack Viney who scored really well in round one, so they could get a um, take advantage of his price jump. He's not going to go up in price now, but if he was to go up in price because of average score, uh, is that really fair? Because he didn't actually score the points, and then when he does score the points, does his points go up again? It's uh, it's a real mess if you go with it um, any other way. So I think best 18 and then uh, take advantage of having a double double round in a few weeks' time is probably the easiest way to do it without stuffing up the whole system. Oh, I agree. I think... Um... Patch, we were talking on the day. Like, I, I would have been happy with just keeping it normal and uh, take the zeros if you've got them, personally. That's probably the fairest way to deal with it. You can't, as Pete Jenks said in his post-patch, you can't award points that don't exist to players who didn't earn them. It, it's it's not what the game is. No, I mean, it's literally the opposite of the game, is if you know the, the points already. And there were some players who we'll, we'll obviously discuss in a bit who, who were able to take advantage of that mid-round but you know by and large most people traded I was hit pretty hard with it with you know Oliver Viney Gorn and Petrarca from that game there are some that had those four and Devin Smith and you know other you know Rivers or Bunnell on top of that who who were really hit pretty hard so you know I'd, I'd from a results perspective I didn't win out of it but what are you gonna I mean it's it's a, a game at the end of the day you sort of look at it and you're like of everything going on in the world where you know Supercoach is kind of it's a nice distraction from it we're still going to get Supercoach affected by coronavirus because literally everything on the planet at this stage is being impacted by it. So, I mean, you kind of expect it. you just got to roll with the punches and you've just got to, you know, take the small wins where you can. I managed to use Max Gorn as a, a VC loophole, like to as the, the floating donut because I didn't have one. Um, somehow managed to get Jai Simpkin's score. Don't ask me why I had the VC on Jai Simpkin. But it's just a bit... Yeah, I mean, they're doing the best they can, and now it's it's up to us to, to roll with the punches and to adapt. So I'm really intrigued as to now 
you know, we've, we've seen what happens when you put, you know, all your eggs in a, in a Melbourne basket and there's a the positive test that, that pulls them out. Are we now going to have to look at, you know, bringing in, you know, as we spoke about, you know, earlier in the week off, off air, we, we spoke about whether or not you need to have a balance of players from across different teams. So, you know, like when Gold Coast came into the competition and you didn't want more than two players from each line because there'd be a buy every single week, do you now have to have that contingency plan and say, well, I've got, you know, I've already got Jeremy Howe and I've got Adam Trelaw when he comes back. Um, do I need to make sure I don't have someone else from, from Collingwood? Or, you know, you're looking at, at Carlton, if you've got Pitnet, uh, Pitnet Cripps, Doherty, do you need to make sure you don't bring anyone else in? It's it's a something we do really need to talk about and now factor into the rest of our season, I think. Yeah, I suspect that, look, this is going to happen again if the... And, you know, who knows if if we even get through the whole season. This is going to happen again, you'd assume. The law of averages would probably dictate that's the case. So, yeah, maybe stacking up on players from a certain team isn't a viable option. Maybe we've got to spread it out. Most players like to spread out their primos. And you know what? Maybe, say, next week we're worried that best 18 is going to happen again because a game gets cancelled. Maybe that's going to push players to to trade for cheaper sort of, you know boom or bust guys because you're going to want to try and maximize your points on field rather than waiting for your rookies to generate cash there's a lot of things that are going to come into consideration for the salary game draft is another beast drafts really hard Uh, that's one you probably can't fight against because everyone's draft is set up differently i think that's just about spreading out your players like you've said so look roll with the punches let's enjoy it and let's have fun and it's very easy for me to say all this because, Patch, I did take advantage yes. of the situation. Yes, you did. We, I got a late-night phone call on Saturday. Uh, would you like to tell tell the community what transpired uh, for you this week, having not used your trades by lockout? I hadn't used my trades, and I have had only used three trades, I think, in round two. Um, and I wasn't... We weren't 100% sure what was going to happen. It looked like Best 18 was going to take place. So I traded out... Uh, Max Gorn and um, and who else did I trade? Clayton, Clayton Oliver, Oliver um, for the number one and number 13 scorers this round. Nathan Fife and Mark Pittnett. And it worked out for me and I banked $400,000 from those trades. And I'm very lucky that I didn't use my trades. I almost used them when McInerney was out earlier in the day. But, you know, I, I actually just did, forgot to make a trade. So that's why I had them. Um, yeah, so that, it did benefit me. That trade would have been what rivers in, and then another rivers sort of and Benel in. It would have been, yeah, yep. would have been a nightmare trade for you. But um, I say this with love, but God, I hate you, you magnificent bastard. Yes, well, we don't need to focus on that. I'm just putting it out there. I did benefit from it, but as I said, I would have been happy taking the zeros as well. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I would have been happy taking the zeros. Well, you know, I had three hundred points from it, but yes, no, well, it's, boys, we're just going to roll with the punches. It's what it is this year. It's a chance. It, I mean. It, Damon Foss, it basically gives us a license to do whatever we want and just to, to live life dangerously in Supercoach because, you know, despite your best intentions, it may well not come off for circumstances beyond your control. Like, Damo, is this the year that we kind of go, well, I don't know, Dan Butler's a terrible Supercoach option or a terrible price point is, like, not the player you'd expect to bring in. Do you just bring him in as a bit of a YOLO factor this year? Is, it, is that the license we now get? Yeah, I mean, you have a bit of fun with it and don't be too worried about making one particular line in your team a bit scary because 
we're seeing players having different impacts on games and scoring differently because of the shorter formats and and some players aren't having the impact that they usually have and some players are having more of an impact because of the way the game is and it's showing that it doesn't matter what position you play you can score well if it's your day Foz, I've been doing some observing over the weekend and I think something we can consider talking about impact players um, teams when they've lost their best players GWS didn't have uh, Josh Kelly um, they didn't have Toby Green they didn't have Tim Taranto they lost Whitfield early but these when we're looking at team lineups and they've dropped their guns I'm thinking there's a lot more impact points to go because we saw McRae bounce back, we saw uh, Caleb Daniel back, bounce back. So is there merit in that, in what I'm trying to say, Foz? Do you think we should be targeting players um, who are coming up against oppositions whose guns are missing? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the case with Supercoach in general. Um, obviously, with the shorter season and everything's a bit thrown out a bit of the window, thrown out of the window a bit, God, Um with, with how everything's tracking, it's it's really hard to predict what's going on and, and how it's all going to unfold. Um, but, yeah, teams that are missing those those important plays, especially sort of inside uh, plays where, you know, the, obviously the ball's won at the, the coalface. Uh, those plays are going to be, become more important um, on, the, on the sideline and, and when you're not, I guess, playing them. So uh, if you have a team that's coming up, say, obviously GWS, if they're missing... Uh, Kelly again this week, and they're also missing Whitfield because he's out. Yeah, I know. I hope not. He's in my side. Um, but if, if they're missing, you know, three or four, you know, ball winners and and really good midfielders, and they're coming up with quite an inexperienced midfield with you know Jason uh, Jackson Hatley and and Jai Coldwell, you know, Collingwood is playing them this week and and could take advantage of that. So what what you're saying is just trade every, all of your team to whoever's playing Adelaide each week. <laughs> I mean that works as well. Hopefully. Uh, Hopefully they're playing some some nice rookies coming up and and trying to get some experience in the legs. But you can also take advantage of that uh, by just selecting whoever's playing Adelaide. Yeah. Well, Al Patton captained Matt Rowell and he pumped out a one forty one in his third game. So oh, it works. Matt Rowell, my god, my god, what an excellent footballer he is. But yeah, sort of looking at some of those players we do want to be targeting. We've seen yeah, obviously Matt Matt Rowell scored very very well. If you don't have him in, have him in your team by now. What are you doing? Stop listening to this podcast. Go trade him in. But there, there are a lot of other players that are doing really well, really well, and looking really well. And there are some players that are not performing as well and look to move on. We'll, we'll go with. I feel like the list will be shorter for those that aren't doing well. Um, lads, who, who's top of the list for pe- of people to trade out this week? Damo, have you, have you, what, what are you doing this week? Are you trading out a, a Ben Long? Is it time to start looking at culling some rookies? What's your, your general consensus this week? I'm ready to boot Patrick Dangerfield. He's big call. He, he's he, he's not doing what we want him to do, and we paid way too much for him for him to be putting the scores out that that, that he is. He started the year with a 93, 103 last week, and then a 75. The on just on the weekend, and we paid six hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars for him, and he's already lost almost a hundred grand. So I think he needs to go. And who would you bring him in? Who would you bring in for him? And why is it Lockie Neal? <laughs> I've already got Lockie Neal. I've actually noticed he's playing Adelaide this week. So uh, 200 plus score on the way. Um, 
I'm I'm looking at the likes of a steel side bottom. Really, that's a pot. That is a big pot. He obviously he's been playing very well this year, but can you back him in to do it for the whole season? Adam Trelaw to come back. I've liked him as a super coach prospect for a long time, and I don't think Trelaw coming back will affect him all all that much. Um, I do believe that even if Trelaw comes back, he will still pump out a consistent uh, score score line. Um, He's previously been a fairly consistent scorer anyway, and just jumping on the wagon now, and hopefully the ride can take me to good places. 125, 95, and 150 is a very, very good uh, start to the season. 2% of teams as well. Uber pod territory. Foz Daddy, you're a man of mathematics and science. Paddy Dangerfield at 563, break even of 146. Coming up against Melbourne this week, averages 99 against them. Last time he played them, scored 154. Um, and then Gold Coast the week after that, who. I know pushover anymore. Averages 125 against them. Do you condone uh, Damo's thoughts, or are you conservative? You're going to hold Paddy Dangerfield. He, I think he had 21 touches on the weekend. He just couldn't hit a target, and then almost broke his neck. So, what do you think? I think that if I had him, I'd probably keep him. However, I understand the notion of trading him. Um, we have so many trades this year. Well, not so many, the same number, but just less games to use them in. So trades are less valuable. So if you can save yourself, you know, 50 to 100k on one player and then and make another 50 to 100k on another player, suddenly you've got enough money to upgrade someone to a locky Neal that you might not have had before. So, you know, and, and you can always get him in later once the price bottoms out. But he, he probably will score pretty decently, at least against... Um, Melbourne Gold Coast, he uh, is still a very good player and it's just the, I guess, the nature of the beast where he's, uh, he's having a bit of a form slump at the moment. He's getting on a bit with our age, but the shorter quarters and the and the shorter season should probably lend um, an advantage to that. But I don't condone it, but I don't condemn it. Um, it's sort of a decision that it depends on the team and the structure of the side. I think I'll be holding him unless uh, something crazy happens. If he misses, I'll consider moving him. Patch. Yeah, I feel like if I feel like if he's your worst, your biggest problem, then you're in a very good spot. Yeah, I tend to agree. Patch, some people are facing decisions on guys like Lockie Whitfield. He obviously got concussed early in this game against the Dogs. His break-even's 202. He's already dropped to 537k. He's going to drop as far as 450k, you'd think. Are people worth, is it worth jumping off him and trying to grab him again later, or do you ride that wave? What do you do if you're a coach? Um, I don't know. Well, if, obviously, if he misses this week, you'd look to flick him. Um, but if he's named this week, I don't know. I feel like at this stage, you're not going to, you know, cash is just so transient this year because everything's happening so quickly. The, you know, rookies are coming in and prices are rising earlier. You've got, you know, cash reserves from, from players like Stasevich and from, you know, Buderick and, you know, Matt Rowell is still, um, you know, obviously, I don't know if we'd, we'd ever consider trading him at this stage, but, you know, there's, there's lots of cash there, so I don't feel like losing 50K on a player that you'd trade back in anyway is kind of worth spending two trades on it, especially if we've got more scenarios like, you know, the the best 18 and what we saw on the weekend when you want to be making trades 
and you know you've got a lot of things a lot of moving parts a lot of injuries i feel like just holding him and not locking yourself into using one trade this week and then another trade in two weeks time to save 50k is worth it i'd be holding whitfield myself i just think you know i'd, I'd try and make plans and then they change three minutes later i don't think you can realistically say i'm going to bring him back in this week and then actually do it yeah i think it's you cop it on the chin and Damo, a few people have upset with Brody Grundy. They're talking about him being a spud. They're talking about him being a failure. He's still averaging 133 this year. Um, you drop him after a miserable 103 points on the weekend. I'd take 103 points every day of the week, but um, obviously you paid a lot of money for him. And he did go into the game with a knee issue. Um, he played through it because he was able to participate in their main training session so it mustn't have been that bad but he was laboring around the ground late in that game and so I think he'll be better for the run and um, he should come out better this week against uh, the Giants no friendship ended with Brody Grundy Todd Goldstein is my new best friend get Todd the Rod in there like holy moly what a year he's having I mean, maybe it's a dumb call. Brody Grundy's the best player in the game, but the I can see why people would want to jump on Todd Goldstein, and it looks like he will be the number one ruckman this year, which, you know, for those of us that, that have Pitonet around the place or, or have, you know, cheaper ruckman that we can upgrade eventually is very exciting, but I can understand why people would want to jump from Grundy to Goldstein. Maybe not the smartest idea, maybe not your top priority, but I, I understand it, and I, again, don't, condone it but don't condemn it well let's talk about a couple more before we move on and we probably should move on sam jacobs is one of the most traded out players he pumped out a 95 on the weekend he's gained just 60k i worry that uh big uh, what's his name sausages might come in pretty soon because sam jacobs just isn't bringing a lot to the table and he punched bond in the back of the head which wasn't a great look um, so if you've got him, prepare to upgrade him to one of the rocks we've just talked about. Dan Houston, another one of the most traded out players, averaging 71 for the year, played in defense on the weekend. Again, Foz, if you're a Dan Houston owner, defense mid, 440k, do you flick him? I have. Um, at this stage, I, I've moved him on for Andy McGrath. So, I've, I've, yeah, it's. Um, I, I really liked Andy McGrath at the start of the season. Um, obviously with Essendon and Melbourne having to play a makeup game in however many weeks' time, I've, I've decided to, to try and target him as a as a, one of the cheaper sort of mid-price premium options. Um, I only have Devin Smith at the moment, so it's not like I'm overloading on Essendon players uh, in my side um, in case I do miss more games. Um, but I couldn't target a Melbourne player and, and think it was a good idea since I've got, I think, five or six at the moment in my side. So going with Annie McGrath at the moment in the midfield, it feels pretty good running six deep in, in the centre. Um, but, yeah, Houston, just for me, is, is going to bleed cash and isn't doesn't seem to be scoring that well. I, I think, from memory, he had 12 touches in the game and, and five of them were kickouts from defence. So um, I don't think he's getting those disposals that we, we thought he'd be in the, in the centre square and he's... Score is obviously showing that he's not getting that role that we really wanted him to get. One more. or Actually, we'll go two more, and then we'll move on, Patch. Um, Tim Kelly. I touted him as one of the, the top midfielders for this year. He's not loving the season so far. 
86 round one, 105 round two, and then just 61 against the Lions on the weekend. If you're a Tim Kelly owner, time to flick. I mean, depends on your priorities. I think it's similar to um, to Dangerfield. Um, you know, if if it's if he's your biggest problem, then you're probably doing all right. Um, and yeah, flick him if flick him if you can. If you can't flick him, then you know, if you if you've got bigger bigger problems, Kelly's a classy enough player that you'd think he'd turn it around. Um, especially with you know West Coast in a bit of a slump, you'd you'd hope they'd, or, you know, as a West Coast, if you're a West Coast fan, you'd hope they'd pick up. Obviously, Damo won't be hoping that, but yeah, if he's your biggest problem, flick him. And finally, Ben Long had just the 57 points on the weekend. He's in about 10,000 teams. I'll put my hand up. He's in my team. Uh, he's only made us 40 grand or so when, you know, we thought he was going to give us 100 to 150 grand. Um, he scored 57 on the weekend. Obviously, seven of those points he can only attribute to himself. 50 go to the sleeves, as we discussed the other day. Patch, oh, you got to get rid of him. Break even yep. of 87. Yep, no, he's got to go. Just plain and simple. Trade him up, trade him down, get rid of him. Who would have thought a guy who's averaged 50 for his career is scoring 50s? Who would have thought? I'm shocked. Shocked, I tell you. Let's move on uh, to the Pantralorette. Welcome to the Pantralorette. Patch, you're standing there, you're looking for a beautiful player to bring into your side and there are five eligible bachelors standing right in front of you we've got the new midfield magnet for North Melbourne Jai Simpkin the potential trap that hasn't been a trap at all Brad Ebert the mullet the mulleted wonder Bailey Smith the man who makes impact despite not getting many disposals Hugh Greenwood and the other port player, Connor Rosie. Who are you giving your rose to? Giving the, the Connor Rosie to. Am I? Am I? A? A? I'm going to make that joke like we didn't just make it off air. Um, I mean, it's such a difficult choice. And the forward line, surprisingly, shockingly, is problematic this year. Um, and I just want someone who's going to come in and just fix all of the things that are wrong with me, all of my insecurities and not make me do any work to fix myself. Um, so, I mean, it's, I mean, you've got five very eligible supercoach scorers on that list. Connor, I, I'm struggling to, to give you the rosy, you know, as, as Damo, as we spoke about last week when we, when we had our DNM um, about, about Connor, you know, we, we just weren't, you know, weren't feeling confident about him. Um, Simply because, you know, he'd, he'd beaten up two two very easy, not two two very average sides in rounds one and two, and it just was I don't know you, you couldn't really trust him. And then he's come out, and you know, finally there's been a, a side that's looked to stand up and, and give a bit more fight, and he's put out a thirty, and it's kind of made me very worried and very anxious that maybe he's not, maybe he's just a bit of a stand up bully and just a, a bit of a show pony. So maybe, yeah, Connor, I'm, I'm afraid it won't be you. Bailey, you're an excellent player, but by and large, I mean, the mullet, I love the mullet. It's great, but the, I mean, your father in Bevo just doesn't know what he's doing with you, and I don't trust him. He's just, oh, he, he's liable to move you around, liable to bring you to a different town and, and move you to a different part of the field. And I just can't, I, I can't 
commit fully to someone who I, I can't trust completely. And it's not you, but it's it's Bevo. Looking at the other three, the other three are all great. Like they're, they're playing through the midfield by and large. They're, they're lovely. Hugh Greenwood, you know, we, we were very unsure. And, you know, you've proven us wrong, Hugh, this year. You know, the 109 average, 116 on the weekend against your old club. You know, I, I don't think I could go wrong with any of these guys. Brad Ebert flying under the radar in 0.4% of teams, averaging 115, 116 on the weekend, just consistent through the midfield. But, I mean, Jai, Jai, you're just speaking to me in the way that no one's spoken to me since Zach Merritt. 483k, you've risen 100k. 140 on the weekend when I brought you into my team, when I needed you to stand up as F1. 125 average, still only 6% ownership. Jai, have the rose, mate. Have the rose. And kiss me. Kiss me, Jai. And there you have it, folks. Would you say that he's the apple of your Jai? He is indeed the apple of my Jai. And there you have it, folks. The rosy has gone to Jai Simpkin. Quit jai me, turkey. <laughs> I don't love that. <laughs> um, very, very rough that Rosie didn't get the rosy. Very rough. It is. I mean, the pun was set up, and all we had to do was not stuff it up on Sunday. But, um, yeah, Damo's boys took care of that. Speaking of Damo, Damo's bought a new bloody segment. We've got segments aplenty here. A segment to the uh, to the table. And I'm looking for some, some firm arguing between him and Foz Daddy, because i just got a feeling. I've just got a feeling it's going to happen. All right, let's go. Gloves on. Or gloves off. How do you want to do it? <laughs> Hello, I'm Kent Brockman, and this is... Eye on 2021. I'm looking at a potential relevant positional change for this one. Uh, Harry Perryman. Um, he started, he's played as the deep forward for GWS. Um, started with scores of 132, 63 and 149. He was shut down by the Kangaroos in round two, but appears to have settled into a fairly relevant role. Um, he's only midfield at the moment, but if he's a forward in 2021, which you'd assume he would be, uh, he'll be in contention for my starting side. He is currently first in goals, leading the Coleman. He's 19th in total marks inside 50. He's third in goals per game, and he's 19th overall for Supercoach scoring. An interesting little player you've picked out there, Demo, any issues coming for your end, Foz? Can we punch Perriman in the face, or is this a is this a a good selection? I don't mind it. It's an interesting. It will be interesting to see what his role is next year. So, Demo, are you saying that you reckon he'll be playing midfield next year? I've, I'm not sure what uh, Leon Cameron has planned for him in 2021. I'm not a mind reader, but by the looks of it, he's settled into a role forward, and I think that's where he will stay. Um, and he seems to be that deep target that um, that stays at home in the goal square while Jeremy Cameron roams up the ground. Which is interesting because he's quite... He's not tall. He's only six foot tall. I'm just having a look at his profile now. Um, but yeah, he was he was drafted as a midfielder, so the fact that you reckon he'll be more of a, a forward option is... Yeah, it's interesting. And the fact that he's obviously kicking so many goals is great for GWS because... Jeremy Cameron's not doing anything at the moment. So, um, obviously, the goals need to come from somewhere. And, yeah, I, I don't don't hate it. I haven't seen enough of him or, or noticed him enough to really 
um, to love it, um, like I have with Jai Simkin. He's been uh, one of my favourite uh, sort of youngins coming through. Um, but yeah, I, I, his statistics look good, and if he can improve on it and get a bit more consistent, then yeah, I don't don't see why it wouldn't be a good pick. 18 disposals a game, 2.7 goals a game, 3.7 marks a game. He's a, he's a nice little option. If he's on your waiver wire and draft, bloody grab him because uh, he is continuing to play well, particularly with Tim Taranto not in that side. And I feel like um, Tim can go forward when Ward's in the team. We've not seen them all play together. So, Damo, I like it. Harry Perriman, put him on the watch list community. Um and I reckon before we wrap this up, boys, we just need to quickly go over some of the rookies that we need to be looking to trade in this week, um, if you think there's that many that need to be traded in. Uh, I think there's a couple in the bubble. Do you have anyone patch off the top of your head? Um, well, we get another crack at uh, Benel and oh, Benel and Rivers, which is very nice um, for those of us that didn't grab him or couldn't grab him because Dusty... Um, was out, so it, it threw my plans into disarray. I was hoping to pick up one or both of them, and you know just couldn't couldn't make it work in the end. So we get another crack at them. Um, there's still a few other rookies around the place who are still relatively cheap as well. Um, so you look at you know Jarcold was at, at 200k, but you, you probably wouldn't be looking too closely at him. Uh, in terms of who's on the bubble, I'm just kind of fluffing it while I can try and get the thing. Xavier Dersma is likely to be out for Port Adelaide, so that gives you another look at Mitch Georgiades. Potentially, potentially. I'd love to see Mead come into that side. Um, there's a few. There's a few. Trent Rivers is on the bubble still. Connor Butterick, he had his best game so far of his career, scoring 80 on the weekend against Adelaide Admittedly, He's still in the 180k. Sam Sturt, Damo, you'd expect he's probably not going to play next week. Uh, they've got a short turnaround, so I would say he's unlikely. Um, and obviously Hill was a late out of that team, so we'll see him play this weekend and we can have a look at him to see if he's worth picking up for round five. Yep, don't bring him in early. We've seen some people did that and got burned by him being a late out. Tom Williamson had his first game, 53, um, which, I don't know, Lake did that inspire confidence in you as, for him as a selection? Uh, probably not as a super coach scorer, but I think he's get, I think he's in the best 22. So, look, at 146K, I can't think of too many other defensive rookies we're going to have. Will Hamill played for Adelaide at 123K, just the 40 points um, for Adelaide. He's in defense as well. But, yeah, look, I think Williamson's going to be a reasonable selection, but I don't think he's ever going to be a, like a, a high 70s, 80s scorer. I think 53 is what you're going to get. Um, yeah, pretty much. Keziah Pickett also was named to play his second game on the weekend. Obviously, didn't get an opportunity to, so there's another forward rookie there. Um, but no, other just than that... Very quickly, just very quickly want to scoot into the back line because we mentioned that Dan Houston should be traded out. Foz um, obviously had a wonderful option of swimming, swinging uh, into the midfield and picking up Andy McGrath, but not all of us will have that luxury. And I just want to very, very quickly go over... Um, some of the, the options. Obviously, you know, if you don't have how go for him. If you don't have Doherty, what are you doing? Pick him up. But there are a few pods floating around, which are, are really interesting. We, um, Nick Haynes, currently in my side, uh, I'm one of the 6,724 people that have him. He's averaging, which is just 4.1% of the sides, averaging 107, scored 110 over the weekend, uh, 500K. Is there any reason you wouldn't uh, go for him? Oh, only that he's probably playing the best footy his, he'll ever play at the moment. So I don't think you're going to get the same return every week. But no, I think he's still a, a good selection. 
Um, Braden Maynard is weirdly the second He's... best defender in Supercoach, averaging 111.3, scored 125 over the weekend, has three tons. What? Yeah, I don't know. Look, Collingwood's missing a few players. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Jeremy Howe was tagged on the weekend as well, so he still pumped out an 88. I don't know. I don't know what's, yeah. what to make of Collingwood. Very confusing. Foz, James Sisley scored 128. Is he back? Is that what we were hoping from him all year? Uh, absolutely. I don't know if you watched that um, Thursday night game, but he played that uh, intercept rebounding role that we love um, from him. And he, he loves to kick the ball. I think he had 24 touches from memory and 21 of them were kicks, um, which is obviously perfect for Supercoach, and especially when he just puts his uh, his foot straight into the share and tries to send it you know, 60 metres down the line. It's great for those uh, Supercoach points for from uh, effective kicks. So I think that role won't change. We brought in Sam Frost for that exact reason, so we could release Sicily. Um, and now that Big Boy's down there playing a defensive post as well, I can't imagine he'll be required to to play off the ball. Um, to play on a man, sorry. And finally, Damo. Lockie Weller has scored 100 and 108 in his last two games, 470k in 1,999 teams. Is is he worth, like he was obviously worth the number two pick, is he worth bringing into our sides, averaging at 90? He's looking very, very good, isn't he? Um, I wouldn't, I like him as a pod, actually. Would you bring him in this week or would you give him more time? He looks like he's running through the guts for the Suns. Comes up against Fremantle this week, too. I'd bring him in this week. There we go. You heard it here first, gang. You heard it here first. And then, very quickly, I know you wanted to wrap up, Lek, but I also, Foz mentioned it briefly. We haven't quite discussed it in terms of it's hard to know what's happening with that Essendon and Melbourne game, but do we start targeting Essendon and Melbourne players this week? Do we wait and find out what is happening with the, the Essendon tests if players get dragged out if they lose their entire back line and need to bring Dustin Fletcher back what's like Foz what what are your you're looking to bring in Essendon players this week do you think that's something we should start doing now and try and cram as many in before that double game week whenever it is or do you want or do you reckon we should try and hold off and, and just make sure of everything first? yeah I, I spoke about this earlier um not even on air just in a group chat about it um it purely comes down to the balance of your team I think um, with me, obviously, I only have Devin Smith. I was saying that before. So bringing in Andy McGrath makes sense for me. I couldn't bring in someone like Zach Merritt if I wanted to. Um, but my plan is just to bring in some of those cheaper Essendon players just to fill up a couple of extra positions. Then when the um, game gets announced, whenever it may be, look to try and upgrade into someone like a Clayton Oliver or a Zach Merritt or, or hopefully even both get them both in for, for the week and then the week after get rid of Viney and McGrath um, since they probably won't be keepers in my side. Um, but hopefully they can generate enough caches, those mid-prices increasing in, in a bit of value. Um, but yeah, it, it purely comes down to the balance of your team, how many Melbourne players you have, how many Essendon players you have, how many Essendon players are going to be quarantined um, or if the tests are a false positive like what um, Tom Morris reported this afternoon. So... It's, it will be interesting to see what happens with it. Um, there's talk of Andy McGrath and playing on the halfback flank because they don't have numbers to, to fill those spots. So um, if that's the case, I might not even look at him this week and, and might have to wait a week or so. Um, 
but it, it, there's a few different ways you can tackle it, whether you want to just start loading up on them now, but then it will sort of throw your team balance into a bit of disarray and you'll suddenly have 15 players from each side in your, in your team and that's not really going to be that good for anyone. Damo Lech? Uh, yeah, I'm trading as normal until we know for sure what's going to happen. There's every chance that maybe the double points thing doesn't happen. I don't know. I know that they've said it's going to happen, but it's, I think it's a fluid beast. Um, I'm going to trade as per normal. Maybe I'll give a slight bias towards Melbourne and Essendon players. They're still going to play this weekend um, from what we understand. So, yeah, I'm trading as normal, but you know, maybe that if it's a 50-50 between Zach Merritt and someone else, he gets the slight edge because of that chance. So Yeah, yeah Damo, you, you're in the same boat? Yeah, I, I, I think you just trade as normal and, until we know if and when the game's going to be played and if the double points is actually going to happen. Fair enough. I think that might do it because uh, I, I have a nice newly framed picture of Matt Rowell I need to go and, and praise and, and bow in front of um, for the rest of the evening. Um, I assume you're all similarly occupied uh, praising our new Lord and Saviour? Eddie Betts, yes. I'll be dying my hair red, just in honour of, of Matty Rowe. My shirt is tucked in and my pants are high. Love to see it. Love to see it. Catch you later, community. May your, uh, your jumper be tucked in and your pants be high. Fly high, community. <laughs>